0: Welcome to another episode of Downtime with the Cranston Public Library. We're a podcast for cool people who love libraries where we talk about what we've been reading, what we've been watching, and what we've been loving. I'm your host, Taylor, and the branch librarian at the Oakland Branch Library, and my pronouns are she, her.
1: Hi everyone, my name is Samira. My pronouns are she-her. Um, You can find me online at Blissful Reveries on Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok. I got peer pressured into making a TikTok. (laughs) Um, Full-time, I'm working um, as a research assistant at a biomedical research facility. Um, And I'm also in my last semester of grad school. So that's sort of what I do during the day. And on my off time, I love to read, of course. Um, I read anything from adult fantasy, YA fantasy, and YA contemporary. And that's just a little bit of how I
2: like to escape
1: from real life responsibilities.
2: (laughs) And I'm Azanta. My pronouns are also she, her. Um, During the day, I do a lot. I am a student. I work full time. Um, and in my free time, I do content creation for TikTok and Instagram. You can find me at Zonta Reads um, on those two platforms. I'm also on Twitter, but it's a different handle. Um, being a look up Zontas. There's not a lot of Zontas in the world. Um, <laughs> and in my free time, after all that, I also love to read. I am a lifelong reader and I've always very much stayed in the genre of YA. But um, these days, I find myself also picking up some adult fantasy here and there, and also some adult romance books.
0: All right. Well, thank you both for joining me a little bit later in the show. We're going to talk about how you guys talk about books online and how it's become kind of a thing. It's cool to talk about books online with the advent of Bookstagram and Talk, which sound like they should be separate apps, but are just communities within both of those respective apps that love to talk about books. So we'll talk a little bit later about both of your experience with that. But first, let's start off, as we always do, with what have you been reading? So <laughs> as of this past week,
1: um, Azante and I just finished reading Chain of Thorns, which is the last installment of the Last Hour series by Cassandra Clare. Um, We've both been really anticipating this book as it's the conclusion to one of our favorite series of all time. Um, And we're kind of just in the aftermath of finishing that book and just kind (laughs) of
2: recuperating. And for those of you who don't know, Cassie Clare has created this Immense YA fantasy world um, of the shadow Shadowhunters. Um, the most probably well-known series is The Mortal Instruments, um, and then it has several series under that, um, or that come before, after, whatever. It's a whole thing. Um, and so, The Last Hours is just the most recent series that she's written, and she has more planned. But um, I'm—I don't know. I just went on like a two-month binge of Cassie Clare, so I'm like, my head is clear. I'm reading some other books. I'm—I'm I'm doing great. <laughs>
1: And honestly, with her books, it's very easy to get sucked in because there's so many books, but also because they're very easy to read. And there's Never. something that'll cater to a lot of people. So there's something for everyone. Mm-hmm.
0: I commend both of you with sticking with it and reading all of them. I read the Mortal Instruments series, I would say, right around when they came out and loved them. I read a little bit of some of the other things that she's written since then, but Eventually, I couldn't keep up with how many books were coming out in that yeah. universe, and uh, and now I feel like it's too late to catch up. <laughs> you
2: know what? I felt the same way. I read The Mortal Instruments also when they came out. I don't think I ended up finishing. I didn't finish them. Um, but I at, at that point, I was just like, you know what? There's just like there's a lot going on. There's a really strong fandom. It's very daunting, incredibly overwhelming. And then I sat down to read them, and I was like, okay, hey, you know what? I'm I've been I've been converted. <laughs>
0: But yeah it's a wonderful world like it's so much fun and I think the show adaptation of the Mortal Instruments even though they went in a different direction I really enjoyed what they did with it and the characters felt very true to like the books and and her original vision so I enjoyed that a lot too.
2: Yeah the adaptation's and Samir, you wanted to watch City of Bones, right? <laughs> I know.
1: Like For me, my guilty pleasure is the movie. I prefer the movie adaptation as opposed to the show. Okay. Yes, it's a little trashy. It's a little cringy. But you know, that's
2: quality entertainment. In it's also opinion. like very, it's very reflective of the time period that it came out during. And I love very it. Very true. Mm-hmm. And also like, I know it's very daunting
1: to pick it back up, especially since you read Mortal Instruments, but I believe that her writing has improved a lot since the Mortal Instruments. So since it's no longer six book series, they are like trilogies now. So if you'd like to dabble in to the series again, I highly recommend
0: I think the last thing I read was I read the Magnus Bain Chronicles. I actually listened to it on audiobook and it was a pretty good narrator for that too. And I liked that because I really loved that character from the original books. And I was like, okay, since it's a bunch of short stories, I feel like I don't need to know like everything that's happened in this universe in order to enjoy them. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, if people are looking where to prioritize after finishing (laughs) The Mortal Instruments, where to go next. Um, I definitely would recommend that.
2: Yeah. I don't think I've read this yet, but I'll have to. I know. Sam. It
0: was fun. It was a collab with a lot of different, like I think Holly Black was on it, like a lot mm. of different kind of big name, white authors kind of took a stab at that character in different time periods. There's like revolutionary France, because oh. um, he's, you know, immortal. And so, and has been around for so long. There's a lot of jumping into different time periods. And uh so, yeah, it was a yeah, lot
2: of fun. Yeah. I mean, I think all the Shadowhunters books are, are fun. This is going to just turn into a Shadowhunters game. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of been the mindset we've been living in for the past
0: week or so and Azanta for the past month or so. But Azanta, you said you've moved on to uh, now that you finished the series, you've yes. jumped into some other books. Do you want to talk about that?
2: Yeah, I just yesterday finished um, a book, an early copy of a book that's coming out next month. It's called The Next New Syrian Girl by Reem Shukari, And it was it was an incredible book, honestly, very, very, very stunning story about two Syrian girls, one who is American and one who is Syrian refugee. Um, And especially in light of kind of what happened in Turkey and Syria this past week, it was um, a little hard to read at times because, you know, of course there's so much happening in Syria and there's so many stories that haven't been shared or so many stories have been taken away or forgotten. Um, but I think Reem does a beautiful job of, you know, writing a love letter to Syria, but also um, a love letter to resilience and hope. And I, that's absolutely what I look for when I read a book. Um, all of my favorite books, although they are emotional, emotional, Fire trucks, just really, just ramming into my my emotions and breaking my heart. All of my books do. All my favorite books um, tend to have that same theme of um, ha- being a love letter to resilience and hope. So this one was right along what I was looking for.
0: And so, sorry I, if I missed that. And you said it already. Is that aimed towards YA or is that a yes? Uh, yes, it is a YA book. But I
2: am a strong believer that in most YA books can be catered to anyone. It can be read by anyone. It is written by an adult woman. um, So that doesn't mean like adults can't appreciate the book. Um, And especially this one, they are just graduating high school, but they have seen things in life and both of them have dealt with things that, you know, a lot of us would never understand as long as we live. So um, yeah, it's a YA book, but I think everyone should read it. Fantastic.
0: So to stay on our kind of like YA love fest, um, I just started Love Radio, mm. totally blanking on the author. It'll be in the show notes. Um, oh, it's Ebony like Liddell, that. yes. Okay, I, yeah. I, I was like, emotions <laughs> for this book when it came out. Um, yes, I know which one you're talking about. Um, yeah, so I've been enjoying it so far. Um, it is about two uh, Black teenagers in Detroit. Um, it's kind of dual perspectives of the the young man and the young woman uh, in this romantic not really comedy just from romance book um and one of the the young man his name is prince and he ha- wants to be a radio dj and his uncle works at the local radio station and got him like this hour spot after school where he is dj love jones and people write into him for him to give relationship advice and um on the flip side there are our young female protagonist she is uh she's gone through I haven't gotten into exactly what happened because it keeps kind of like flashing back but it seems like she has been hurt by someone something kind of like I don't know if it was a full-on sexual assault but something non-consensual happened between her at a, a college party that she went to and now she's kind of trying to figure out what to do after that, how to, how to heal and how to deal with men after, um, that happening. And she's very focused on her writing. She wants to be a writer. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm interested to see where it goes. And I think our romance readers, uh, will, our romance teen readers will really enjoy it. If this makes it on our short list. I agree. I think it's one of those books that it's just, it quietly creeps up on you as like I said, still very in, th- in the beginning of it. So, yeah, I guess the creeping is still happening, but so far I'm enjoying it. I think it's funny that the mom is obsessed with like black romantic movies like Love and Basketball and stuff like that. And that she's like secretly kind of like rooting for her do- daughter to have like this whirlwind <laughs> romance. Um, I think that's very funny and very different for a like... YA parent you know like a YA novel parent is kind of a different perspective than we get from the perspective of just like either being like very nervous about them dating or absent or you know all the other bad YA parents that are out there in in um in fiction sometimes yeah classically dead as
2: um, in most YA fantasies. Unfortunately, the parents are always dead, but that's, that's how they can just like kind of roam around. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was funny, one of the other books, a graphic novel that we were considering for the committee, which I don't know if I talked about it either, but it's called Thieves. Um, it's written by a th- French author, and it's set in France. So kind of like customs and mores are a little different there. So it's legal to drink at 18. So these kids are seniors, and it is completely legal for them to go and party every weekend. And that is kind of like a main focal point of the story for like other story reasons. But it's kind of the backdrop of many of the different things that happen in the story. And one of the characters is living on their own, because their parents are like, away I don't know if they were like on a long vacation or away for work or something so they basically like the character was like yeah so my parents moved to here but they didn't want me to have to leave school my last year so they bought me this apartment and I live by myself and everyone who was reviewing it was like I don't know how I feel about all these unsupervised teenagers doing a lot of drinking and partying Mm. Um, which was fair and a lot of them are parents so like I get where they're coming from but it was very funny that they're just like why is this child on their own? Whereas like France is just like, whatever. Yeah, it's very European. Yeah, <laughs> very different culture and custom. Yeah. So besides reading, have you guys been watching anything interesting? Um, as of recently, kind of in between reading, I've been catching up on Anne with
1: an E on Netflix. Um, I'm on the last season. So I've sort okay. of been balancing reading and watching um, after work, on the weekdays and weekends. Um, And I just love how hopeful it is because again, like during the, the time that we're living in right now, everyone can use a little bit of hope. And this is just an overall very hopeful show, very optimistic. And in a way, it's kind of healing my inner child because you get to see... And kind of grow up, get to experience being a kid and just all of the joys that come with being in your childhood, but also kind of growing into yourself as you're growing up. And that's another thing I really like about the show is the fact that we start with her, I think when she's 13, 12 or 13, Mm -hmm. um, and through the seasons, we get to see her grow up. So we get to see her interests change, how she approaches situations, and just... It feels as though I'm watching her grow up and it's just so nice and hopeful and fulfilling and just you really get attached to these characters. I know for me, whether it's a show I'm watching or a book I'm reading, I know I really, really enjoyed the book or the show if I'm really attached to the characters. I'm a character girl. So if I get really attached to them, then I know I'm really going to love the book or the show. It's a very hopeful show. I highly recommend if you're looking for a new show to kind of just cozy up to and watch with a hot chocolate in hand and blankets, especially with it being really cold outside. So it's a very cozy watch if you're looking for that type of show.
0: This again might be preaching to the choir since you guys are also like eating and breathing books. But um have you heard of Anne of Greenville where it's set in the seventies? It's a uh, Mariko Tomiki. I'm sorry, you're a fabulous author, but I um and bad at sounding out names sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's set in the 70s and like I haven't read it. It's a been on my to read list. I wanted to try to read it in time to nominate it for the committee, but I did not get my stuff together and do that. Um, <laughs> but I'm hoping to still take a look at it. But yeah, I found, even though I'm not like super familiar with the Anne of Green Gables, I thought it was interesting, like it being set in the 70s in Greenwich Village and like being a kind of really different Spin on that story. I haven't mm-hmm. ever heard of it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel satisfied then. <laughs> I'm bringing you guys something you hadn't heard of. Uh, we'll have to check
1: it out for sure, especially yeah. once I finish the show.
0: Yeah. I've
2: heard of Mariko Tamaki. Like she's. I've. I've definitely mm-hmm. like interacted with her before. Um, And some of her other graphic novels, but I had no idea she also wrote this.
0: I'm going to definitely say this this is a novel. novel. I was looking on Goodreads. That's why I was like, let me. (laughs) The cover looks so cute. The cover is super cute. (laughs) I just
1: marked it as to read. I'm for the recommendation.
0: (laughs) And like I said, I haven't read it, just read reviews, I think, is where I first saw it. Um, The Anne and Green Gables thing, I felt like I needed to bring it up.
1: I appreciate you especially like when it's something you that's so beloved by many and you get to see a new spin on it mm-hmm. i feel like it really revives the story and brings to the forefront what we all really connected with at the core of the story so mm-hmm. i'm interested Therese. Yes. same
2: my interest has been peaked mm-hmm. i also also like with and with an e was you know Smear? I literally forgot for a second you were re-watching that and it was like <laughs> such the joy to remember I'm so excited for you to finish that um I think Animus and E was such a beautiful show so
0: good recommendation do you have anything that you want to recommend to our listeners in terms of shows um, not
2: I'm not like in my show era right now. I'm very much in my reading era, but I did just get back into a Turkish drama kick. So if anyone out there watches Turkish dramas, <laughs> um, I just started a super popular one. It's called Zimhiri. and um, yeah, that's but I I don't know, I'm not really watching shows right now. I Um, I finished the new uh, season of You, like the first half of the season that they (gasps) dropped, and I hate that show so much. And I don't know why I keep watching. I know, same. I need to pick it up just because I'm like, okay, it's. I need to know what happened exactly. I I was just playing it in the background yesterday while I was like meal prepping, but. I just, I just, I'm praying on his downfall and I'm praying. <laughs> I just need to, I just need to know what happens. Exactly. So, um, mm-hmm. But I don't recommend it. It's, not a good show. <laughs> it's more
1: like if you need something to turn your brain off
2: and not have to think after a long day, that's definitely. Yeah, I agree. It does make me mad though. It makes me mad. So mm-hmm. just because of how like long it's, it's been drawn out. Even like, I think even Penn Bashley feels that way, the actor of the show. Um, He's sort of over- yeah, yeah, he's very much over that. But speaking of pen, I just also came off a Gossip Girl rewatch, the original Gossip Girl. So um, that I recommend if, if you haven't seen it, or do a rewatch if you have seen it. It's it hits every time. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't really have any like sh- shows right now at the forefront of my mind that's been like really scratching that itch in my brain. Mm-hmm. You really caught us at the time where we started reading more. Yeah,
1: which is good. This last year would be like we would have no reading (laughs) update.
0: No, I definitely feel that there are times where I can focus more on television and not focus on books. And then there's times where I'm more focused on books and less on television. Mm -hmm. The post-pandemic has been more of the former than the latter, unfortunately. Um, That's why this year I've really been making an effort to have an audiobook and a print book going at the same time. Mm-hmm. So in the mm-hmm. hopes that mm-hmm. even if I'm not finding time to sit down and read, I am finding time to like get a book into my brain, um, in some capacity. Um, but in terms of watching things, I just watched a movie last night called someone great. It's a Netflix original, but I think it's been out for a bit. Um, and it's all about, um, this woman, Jenny, who is played by—I don't know her name—but the woman who's the lead of uh, yeah, Game I mean, *The Virgin*. Okay. Oh, yeah, you
1: know yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been wanting. I've been wanting to watch this. Okay. Yeah. It's
0: good. It was a fun movie. Uh, so the main character, Jenny, she just broke up with her boyfriend of nine years I think it was like super long-term relationship she thought he was the one they were going to get married the whole nine Um, and then she gets a job writing for she's a music writer and she gets a job writing for Rolling Stones and that's kind of like the catalyst when she was like we should try long distance her partner was like no we should just break up and she's devastated and so this leads to her trying to have like the perfect girls day with her two best friends before she Moves to San Francisco. Um, Just like warning on top. I I don't look at ratings and things like that because none of this bothers me, but like lots of swearing and more than one short sex scene. So just like, there's your content warning, but oh yeah, also lots of alcohol and drug use. So there are all your content warnings, but it is not, it is still, I think, at its core, a wholesome movie about female friendship. (laughs) And if you want a movie where... The like, not to spoil the ending too much, but the main character is like strong enough to like not go back to the person, then you will be very satisfied with the ending of this movie.
1: <laughs> that may be a good Valentine's recommendation.
0: Yes, it's this right. episode will come out after Valentine's Day because Valentine's Day is tomorrow. So I guess today is technically Valentine's Day, right? It's the day yeah. before. Let's call it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, good recommendation for. Uh, our two guests for Valentine's day and our listeners if you just want to have Valentine's be all february long um definitely has that energy for you um so yeah i enjoyed it my mom enjoyed it even though at parts i was like is my mom gonna say that she liked this after we were done but she did my mom's pretty chill in that way yeah it's a
2: mm-hmm. good movie. I think I remember crying, but it was like just because, you know, it, it was like one of those things where it's like you feel seen by the main mm. character, um, mm-hmm. not like an emotional, actual emotional movie. But it was it was and I. it was a good movie. Also, if
1: it's OK to recommend um, two book adaptations that are coming out. Um, on March 3rd, the Daisy Jones and the Six TV ad- TV show adaptations coming out on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And Shadow and Bone Season 2 is coming out on Netflix March 16th. <laughs> so that's also why I'm kind of like dwindling on my watching right now, because I'm yeah. saving all of my binging energy for March when those two shows yeah. come out. So we've been anticipating both of those. So mm-hmm. I'm very
2: excited. Yeah very much and also i think outer bank season three comes out at the end of march two maybe i think um so yeah plenty plenty coming up but not right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> lots of book adjacent watching to mm-hmm. look forward to <laughs> and we'll return to the show after a quick break you love reading but miss chatting with people about what you've read why not join our book group there are a variety of meetings happening every month including the graphic novel book group cookbook club the nonfiction book group hidden in the stacks ya for adults and reading in the hall book group for more information and to register visit cranstonlibrary.org book groups or contact the central library reference desk at central at cranstonlibrary.org An online archive featuring keyword-searchable local historical newspapers, including the Cranston Herald, is now available online to Cranston Public Library cardholders. The archive includes documents from 1885 to 1977. Additional newspaper archives from 1977 to 2016 are available separately from inside the library only. This archive is brought to you by Advantage Preservation and funded by the Champlin Foundation. Visit cranstonlibrary.org slash databases to find out more. All right. So I want to have enough time to talk to you both about how you started talking about books on the internet, where you do that, your bookstagram or booktalk origin story.
1: Do you want to go first, Zazanta?
0: Um, I can. Sure. Um...
2: So, yeah, I started my Bookstagram back in 2018, so November of 2018. Um, when I was still in college, but I have been like lurking in the corner of bookstagram for a really long time. Bookstagram itself has been around on the internet for since like 2010, 2012, like since the advent of Instagram really. And it has, um, it was like a very quiet community that kept to itself and the authors and socials and whatnot. Um, book Twitter was really the biggest thing for a really long time before the pandemic when Instagram, um, kind of in. it exploded with people um staying at home and readers coming back back home to their books, and um and then TikTok obviously so in that order I think it was like it was Twitter and then Instagram and then BookTube also oh mm-hmm. yes oh my gosh BookTube was yeah first it let's let's be honest here <laughs> yeah we're, like, we're Bookgram, getting... BookTube definitely yes hundred percent I so I I think that was my first thing like I used to watch Christine Riccio like yeah uh, way back when in like twenty. I think or maybe 2008 like Twilight Hunger Games era all of that Um, and long story short I created my own in 2018 and it didn't really like kind of kick off until the pandemic when I had a lot of time to focus on it Um, and then it really I became serious about it last year uh, my TikTok also exploded right around the same time. And then I created a little nonprofit that was focused around virtual events, promoting unrepresented authors and stories and targeting audiences who don't get to really interact with authors a lot. So yeah, all of that happened last year. It's like a big, or not last year, sorry, I'm, I'm still mentally in 2022. I mean, 2021. <laughs> all happened in 2021. And yeah, it's kind of just been enjoying the journey since. So for me, I actually um, started my bookstagram in
1: spring of 2016 because I have always been a reader, um, but I kind of fell off of reading between middle grade and YA, so I was very unfamiliar as to what books would pertain to me or really cater to me. So fast forward to high school, I really started reading a lot again in terms of Hunger Games, Divergent, and then the Shadowhunters series. And then um, I just kept reading since then. And in 2016, I was like, you know, ever since I was little, I really wanted to do a blog of sorts. I wanted to share what I was reading with people because growing up, I was the only reader in the vicinity of where I was growing up. So I was like, you know, I would love to be able to share my love for reading with others that share the same love for reading. And so I started in, t- in 2016. Um, I kind of fell off of it during that time because of college. I was in college at the time and I was very, a lot of changes, a lot of stress and whatnot. Um, but then during the pandemic, I sort of rediscovered my love for posting on Instagram and stuff. So I started really taking it seriously, I think 2022, again, kind of on and off during the pandemic, but I really started again in early 2022. And since then, I also started posting on there. I post sometimes on YouTube. I recently just put um, a reading vlog for Chain of Thorns up on there. Um, And I also have a Twitter that I don't really... Check very often because it's very prone to spoilers with new releases, um, and I started a TikTok recently per Azanta's Persuasion. <laughs> so all of them are the same username at
0: Blissful Reveries. So, what do you? This can be a question for both of you. What may? What is the reason that you think this kind of community around reading has really? taken hold on these different platforms?
2: I mean, I think it has a lot to do with the pandemic. Um, In general, like I think there's a larger story there about how the pandemic forced everyone home and it also forced people to reconnect with their families, their hobbies, the things that bring them joy. Um, People got to slow down, which we haven't really been afforded that in a long, long time. People are really very much like school, work, get through the day, make money, get through life, just survive. Um, and a lot of us, when we were safe at home, were able to just kind of relax. And like, I think baking bread is just like the most gentle thing that you can do. And so is reading and things like that. Um, naturally we have our phones with us and (laughs) still want to keep in contact with people. So, um, I don't know, I think, especially on TikTok, I think people were just scrolling and found a community that they really loved. I don't think that there's anything more um beloved than being in a community that you feel seen and feel like home in and like finding home with people that recognize uh your love for certain characters. I know like my the first fandom that kind of comes to mind that feels like a home for a lot of people is Percy Jackson. Um, And I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. So yeah, I don't know, finding a community is is so underrated, but when you find it, it is so, so I don't know. It's incredible. Um, And I think that's what Instagram and TikTok has provided a lot of people. And
1: sort of like piggybacking off of that, especially like during the pandemic, like Azanta said, a big theme that a lot of people were looking for during that time, especially was hope Mm -hmm. and just some sense of escapism. Because again, we were in our homes all on lockdown and we were very limited as to what we could do. Mm -hmm. So not only was that a source of escapism in the sense of kind of getting away from media, but also, you know, like we couldn't travel during that time. So picking up a book, you could easily transport yourself to a different country, a different time period. Um, And also sort of, again, like what Azanta was saying, we get to rediscover what we may have really enjoyed growing up and we kind of neglected it or, didn't really have the time to give to reading during growing up years, like in college, having a full-time job. So in that sense, it's very important. And again, with the community, a lot of like me growing up, I didn't have a lot of people who read books. So I was sort of reading a book, kind of sitting with my thoughts and just waiting until the next book came out. And now I get to talk to people who have similar interests and also similar backgrounds um, and that's also how Azante and I met. So a lot of my really close friends today I met through the book community, So, and I'm very grateful for it um, in terms of finding new authors, finding books that really resonated with me, especially during our in, being in our 20s. Again, we kind of lost a lot of those years, early 20 years during the pandemic, so it's nice to be able to get The sense of connection, community, and just reading about people who are going through the same thing. So again, ultimately, you don't feel
2: alone, and there's hope and community. Yeah. And not to mention, there were some fire stories coming out. Like, authors were really on their game during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. 2020, 2021, 2022, and, and this year, just writing some incredible stories. Like, you can't help but pick them up, truly. And- A lot of the authors now, especially during the pandemic, a
1: lot of them started off in these communities, just readers like we were. And now they're published authors. So it's just really nice to kind of be able to meet people who have similar interests and really get to see them grow if they do choose to become authors. So it's a very hands-on, very interactive community. It's very uplifting and supportive.
0: Yeah. So what do you both think the role of... Social media and these communities within social media—what their role is promoting or amplifying diverse voices. I mean,
2: it's a good question. I think social media has always um, been a way for people to have a platform, even if they they don't have like necessarily an audience. Um, and the good thing about TikTok has like. The algorithm allows you to find an audience. Um, so maybe YouTube and Twitter, you're like kind of stuck in your, your corner, Instagram, you you have like your friends following and then like you have hashtags and that's pretty much it. I think since um, Instagram is like very much improved their algorithm, still, still a long way to go. Don't yeah. <laughs> um, but I think in the past, underrepresented people, people of color, have always relied on other people to give us microphones. Um, and that has allowed them to then be like, okay, can I have a story that about a character that looks like me? And now with TikTok and, and um, people of color kind of combining our forces together and forcing publishing to see that indeed, these books do sell with people of color on the covers um, and people of color at the helm of the story, um, we have been able to take that kind of microphone for ourselves and like build a a table for ourselves in in like the side of book talk that we're on um and we don't have to rely on anyone else we don't have to rely on publishers we don't have to rely on other authors our white counterparts um it has just given us opportunity to surf the sea ourselves you know what i mean (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. and also kind of like expanding upon
2: opening more,
1: like broadening your horizons in terms of reading, just generally speaking. But again, because growing up, we didn't really see a lot of stories with characters that either look like us or came from backgrounds very similar to us, the way they grew up and whatnot. So now that we're able to communicate that and really show that there is a demand for those types of stories, um, it really helps with us feeling seen, but also really educating others that aren't familiar with these cultures with these customs and also really again expanding their horizons and really like maybe teach like teach them something new that they might not have known about so again kind of lessens the gap of how different we may be we're a lot more similar than i guess from first glance so th- these stories really help to kind of bridge that gap
0: so what is both of your kind of like favorite part about like creating content around books, because obviously you enjoy reading and, and we've talked about the reasons why reading is so, um, so magical and amazing. But what really keeps bringing you back to going beyond that and, and making content and sharing your love of reading with other people?
1: Uh, for me personally, I think it kind of, again, goes back to not really having a lot of people reading growing up and being able to share those thoughts and enthusiasm for the books that I was enjoying. So it kind of, that was the beginning part of it for me personally. And it's also very rewarding when, again, you get to establish your community that way. And when something that you're really excited for, a lot of other people share that same excitement. It just adds to the experience for me personally. And again, just kind of like, Adds onto your connections and just makes ultimately it makes the reading experience a lot more rewarding and it makes it more memorable for me. I get to associate
2: certain things with certain books and certain time periods. So, yeah, I mean, similar, same thing for me. It's about the community more than anything. The people that I have met over the past three years have been some of the most special. And um, incredible people I get to call my friends, present company included. Um, I just it, there is nothing. I grew up. I I've, I've been a reader for a really really long time, and to have to share to share it with to share that love of I don't know like you. I'm sure you guys understand as librarians, it, it is something that is not matched in any other way i don't know like to, to fall in love with fictional characters to have a passion for stories the way a story is told to see a world from someone else's eyes it is just so magical when the, no matter what kind of book you're reading whether it's like I, even like a, me- a memoir i don't know like it depends on the book that you're reading how much your worldview can be shifted and to share that with people especially people who have the exact same taste in books as you um I think that will keep me coming back to Instagram and TikTok, Um, the communities on Instagram, TikTok time and time and time again, no matter how hard it can be to be online like that all the time, um, whether it's about not having time or whether it's just because the pressure can be a lot. um, All this to say, uh, I think people can make things just so much more special.
0: So um, do either of you have any projects or anything upcoming on your different platforms that you want to share with our audience?
1: For me personally, um, the biggest thing that I was working on was that reading blog of Chain of Thorns. Um, I just uploaded it yesterday. So if that's sort of your thing, it's on my YouTube channel. Everyone Um, goes
2: subscribe to Atlas Full Reveries on YouTube right now.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. My PR manager. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was the biggest project, I guess, for me as of recently.
2: Um, for me, I'm kind of in a self-care time right now. So my nonprofit book talk, that's B-O-O-K-T-A-L-K, um, is taking a hiatus right now through the next month. But we will be back soon, later this year, with more events um, and and more opportunities with authors. So you can always give us a follow at Book Talk Event on Instagram and TikTok. Um, so, but right now we're on hiatus. So, um, but otherwise, not much else going on. I'm always, you know, sharing reviews and just little snippets of what I'm reading on on social media. So again, you can follow me at Azanta Reads. That's pretty much it. But even though they're
1: on hiatus. Make sure to go follow them because you're not gonna want to miss out. They, I don't know if you guys remember BookCon. That was what three years ago at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, BookCon, if you're not familiar, BookCon was a really big convention where book reader, like book lovers, um, authors, publishers, they would come together at BookCon, and that's a lot of. That was a major reason why a lot of readers could read could meet authors, get their books signed find new books find new community again um so the pandemic sort of made it disappear as of right now I'm hoping it comes back but um book talk event is the perfect event for those that um, really want to experience what could have been B- book on but it's virtual so it doesn't matter where you are you don't have to worry about traveling anywhere you just have to hop onto the link and you can meet your favorite authors on there, and a lot of panels, a lot of fun panels are on there. Um, thanks to Book Talk, I got to interview um, Ali Hazelwood and Shirlene Obobi, um, two really great romance authors. Um, I got to interview them over the summer. Thanks to Book Talk and Asanta. So definitely, even though they're on hiatus, definitely like give them a follow so you can be on top of the new events coming up.
2: Thanks. I also have a book club too. It's called Baraka Book Club. And for those of you who are maybe looking for um, books or stories written by Muslim authors featuring Muslim characters, um, just a love for Muslim people. um, We have a book club and you can find it in my my bio on Instagram as well. But thanks, Samira. Um, Those two things uh, are kind of what I'm working on.
0: All right. And check out the show notes. You can find out where to find both of our lovely guests' so we wrap up the show with a segment I call The Last Chapter, where we talk about a library or bookish-related question. So I thought I would ask you both, what is your favorite way to find out about new books to read?
2: Mm.
1: For me, personally, again, I've been talking about this repeatedly, but with these book communities really helping you find people and communities that you share interest with, um, that really helps to um, streamline your recommendations, again, with like the algorithms and whatnot it can sort of figure out what your book taste is and from there you get to learn new stuff um and then from those communities you get to find like-minded people kind of like um how I found Asanta um and so from there I also get really good recommendations because she knows my reading taste I know her reading taste and kind of like go from there and then ultimately Goodreads I get to stalk people when they're reading (laughs) books and see what their thoughts were and
2: what their reviews were so that's sort of where I get mine personally, I agree. Same, same for me. I, I mean, once upon a time it used to be the New York Times best selling list, the Barnes and Noble best selling list, Goodreads awards, things like that. But now it tends to be the same types of people, same books over and over again. So, um, if you're tired of that, then I recommend getting into book talk or bookstagram, and you can do that by following your favorite influencers um, or content creators who share similar tastes in book as you. And from there, your algorithm will probably start influencing you to read some books that we love.
0: (laughs) All right. I was just curious if you guys were looking like at the same kind of professional stuff that we as librarians are looking at as an investment in you creating content. For us as content creators, we do get sent a lot of books. Like I used to work at
2: Macmillan for six months last year. Um, and w- I would use their list to, and the list that they sent out to librarians and like book, um, bookstores across the country to kind of find my new reads, but that was limiting me a lot to a certain publisher or publishers that I've worked with. So, I mean, I still like the next new Syrian girl, for example, that was sent to me. Um, and that's how I found it. And, you know, I was, I'm really excited that I read it because it's so good um, however, that's because I have a working relationship with the publisher of that book um, and I was lucky enough to get it sent to me. So like you said, it's not super accessible um, and it doesn't really broaden my my taste. Um, so, and that's usually only for new books, like new upcoming books and not backlist titles that I maybe haven't read yet. So I think it's a, it's a mix of both, especially mm-hmm. when you're working um, professionally with, with publishers.
1: Like, especially like what Rosanto was saying, a lot of the publishers that we do get to work with they'll sort of send us a list of any upcoming titles that we're interested in and from there we can kind of look at titles that we may not have heard of Mm -hmm. read the synopsis and see if that's something that we like um also on netgalley as well netgalley is a really good good yeah it's a really good resource it's for ebooks and audiobooks now they just added audiobooks um you can sort of request any books that pique your interest um that's really another way how i see new books that are upcoming um and yeah like they do ebooks and audiobooks in advance so a little bit of something yeah and i know
2: some people use edelweiss too so those platforms yeah if there's just like an influx of books at all times we are always drowning in books
0: Yeah, I've heard people describe like our current era as like the golden era of publishing. Mm -hmm. And I think that can have its upsides and its downsides. That kind of just like TV with all the streaming services, we're just being inundated with so much content. So like while it's great that it's expanding who can make the content so that maybe people who weren't making content before have the opportunity to make it now, it also can be a little bit like, overwhelming choice paralysis kind of of like for sure where to focus your energy yeah no
2: doubt I think sometimes that's why I'm a big mood reader and so that's why my reading slump hits so hard because I'm just like what do I read I'm gonna read (laughs) nothing I'm just gonna pretend I don't see my bookshelf
1: (laughs) that's why I was saying like you caught us at a good time because I also was in a big slump especially fantasy slump and a lot of new releases in January that came out like from Holly Black, The Stolen Heir, um, mm-hmm. Hellbent by Lee Bardugo, and then Ultimately Chain of Thorns by Cassandra Clare, they're my favorite fantasy authors. So I was like, okay, it's kind of forcing me to get back into my reading mood. And it really helped. Yeah, agree.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like when you when you're in a reading slump, you kind of gotta go back to your your comfort food of books. You know yeah, what exactly. I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's you're not gonna want to eat your vegetables if you already don't want to read at all. Mm-hmm. That's how I
1: don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but I did end up reading a lot of romance during 2020-2021. So that's also a big um genre that has a lot of new releases, almost yeah. always, always having new releases. Yeah. So that in itself can be very overwhelming. So for me, it's either romance or fantasy. I'm always flip-flopping for my mood reading. Gotta keep it, gotta keep it diverse there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thank you both uh, for chatting with me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you would like to respond to our last chapter question or to send us a suggestion for an upcoming last chapter question, you can email us at downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. And you can also reach out to us via social media with the hashtag downtimecpl. If you're feeling generous, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it helps people find the show. Thank you again for listening. And this has been another episode of Downtime. Downtime is a project of the Cranston Public Library and is produced by Elena Rios, Nomi Haig, Robin Nizio, and me, Taylor Cardillo. Audio engineering by Dave Bartos. Our theme music is Day Trips by Ketzeh. And our ad music is Happy Ukulele by Scott Holmes. Links to the books and movies discussed can be found in the show notes. Remember to rate and review Downtime on Apple Podcasts. Connect with the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the hashtag DowntimeCPL. And if there's something you'd like to hear on the show, send an email to downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent those of the Cranston Public Library. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. The Cranston Public Library name, in all forms and abbreviation, are the property of its owners, and its use does not imply endorsement or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. The content of this episode is the property of the Cranston Public Library and may not be reproduced without express written permission. Join us next week for more Downtime. I'm going to have to go follow you both everywhere after this. (laughs)